Uh, I just can't get these numbers to add up. It's like we're never going to get out of this hole. Credit card debt doesn't ever end. <sighs> Perhaps I can help. We sure could use it. We've tried debt consolidation companies. We've even taken out loans to make our payments. Well, you're not the only ones. Did you know that millions of Americans live with debt they cannot control? That's why I developed a new debt management technique. It's called Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. Let me see that. Hmm. If you don't have any money, you should not buy anything. Hmm, sounds interesting. Sounds confusing. I don't know, honey. This makes a lot of sense. There's a whole section here on how to buy expensive things using money you've saved. Let me see that. And where would you go about getting this saved money? i tell you where and how in Chapter 3. Okay, what if I want something? Can I buy it if I don't have the money? No. Hmm. Okay, well, let's say I don't have the money. Should I go ahead and buy it anyway? No. Hmm. Now I'm really confused. It is a little confusing at first. Okay, what if you have the money? Can you buy something? Yes. Okay, take the money away. Same story? No. Okay, I, I think I've got it. So, let's say I go ahead and buy something and hope I have the money to pay for it later. No. First, you make sure you have the money. Then you buy stuff. Hmm. Oh, oh, then you buy it. But shouldn't I buy it before I have the money? No. Why not? It's in the book. It's only one page long. The advice is priceless, but the book is free. Wow, I like the sound of that. Yeah, we can put that on our credit card. Yeah, sure. You can get out of debt now. Call for your free copy of Don't Buy Stuff You Cannot Afford. If you order right now, you'll also receive, seriously, stop buying stuff if you don't have the money. As a special one-time offer, we will give you free subscription to the members-only websites I Need to Stop Buying Things I Cannot Afford.com and I Can't Tell My Kids No.com. The new iPod came out. Can I get one? Well, son, do you have the money to pay for it? <laughs> no. Well, sure. Sweet. Sweet. Call today. Visa, MasterCard, American Express, Home Equity, 90-day same as cash, not accepted. Thank you. Some things are pretty simple to get, aren't they? Well, there's a problem facing a lot of people today, maybe people in this room. A problem that causes people to have sleepless nights, causes people feelings of desperation, causes arguments in relationships, and causes people to do things that they normally wouldn't do. We're calling that something condetment. What's condetment? Well, condetment is is when you say, I want it and I'm not willing to wait for it. Because I think this thing or whatever it is is going to make me happy. So I'm going to, I'm going to get it and I'm not going to wait for it. And then you end up, while chasing the next thrill or the next purchase or the, the next thing you want to do or experience, finding yourself buried under a mountain of debt, all because you weren't willing to wait. 
I remember the first thing I ever purchased on a credit card. It was the first credit card I ever had. I was in college, and I was walking across campus, and they were giving away two-liter bottles of Coke. So if you filled out an application, I thought, well, they're not going to give me one. You know, I don't have a job. So I fill everything out, and in like a month, here comes this credit card with a $600 limit in the mail. And I was like, i got to go shopping. So my roommate and I, we go to the mall, go in Circuit City, and I'd been wanting this double cassette high-speed dubbing three-band graphic equalizer with the speakers that detach. I still own it. I meant to bring it there. I still have it as a reminder because I bought that thing. It felt like it was free, and I just couldn't wait to start. You teenagers, ask your parents what a high-speed cassette deck is, and, and they'll, they'll explain it to you. It's the way we used to do it in the old days. So I got this thing, and I, I couldn't, you know, wow, I've got it. it. It even had expanded bass on it, which you click this little button, and it just got louder. But it was really cool, 70 bucks. Took it back to my room. I thought, you know, this is great. Finally got this kicking little boom box I wanted. And a month goes by, I didn't get a bill. I thought, well, that's really cool. You know, they forgot where I lived. They're not going to send me the bill. What I didn't realize, you had to put down next of Ken, who was my dad, and he has the first, same first and last name as me, so guess who got the bill? My dad. So that was the first and last for a long time purchase that I made on a credit card. So I never got to experience that $600 limit. People have always dealt with debt. People have always dealt with spending more money than they have. God has something to say about that. In the scriptures. But people have always dealt with this desire to acquire things. And more often than not, it's by saying, I want more and I don't want to wait for it. And they make it really easy today to get it, right? Isn't it really easy? Because it's 90 days, same as cash. It's two years with no payments. And it's like, it feels like it's free almost. So people have always dealt with wanting to get more than they had the money to pay for because you're just looking at it in the future thinking, well, I don't have to pay for this for this amount of time. And, and so we've lost our ability to admire without having this burning desire to acquire. And it gets people in a lot of trouble. We're in the second week of a series called Pie. And I've been talking about how you can experience God's blessings. How God wants to bless every person. God wants to give us all blessings in our life. But He asks us to do something. He asks us to trust Him. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. See, God's blessings come to us in two ways, tangibly, maybe you're blessed tangibly, maybe you got the huge bank account or the, the stuff or whatever, and that's all a blessing from God. But God also blesses people intangibly with peace and contentment and happiness. Those are all things God blesses us with as well. But all of those blessings, the enjoyment of all of those blessings is tied to trust. Trusting God with my money, trusting God with my relationships, trusting God with my job, trusting God with my life, and not leaning on my understanding, but trusting in Him. Because when I lean on my own understanding, I mess up. 
When I lean on my own understanding, 90 days same as cash sounds pretty good. When I lean on my own understanding, two years with no payments, look out. But when I say, God, I'm going to trust in you, and God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the blessings that you've given me. I'm, I'm not going to spend more money than what I have. I'm just going to go by what you say, and I'm going to trust in you to make my path straight. See, God says, trust in me to make your path straight, so you don't ever have to feel directionless. You don't ever have to feel empty inside. Because people who feel empty tend to make really bad decisions. Most of the bad decisions I've made in my life were times when I felt directionless and when I felt empty and I needed to be filled up. Many times that fulfillment and that direction comes from purchasing, from buying, from putting ourselves into debt. If you open up your Bible and begin to read in Genesis 1, verse 1, it talks about how God created the entire earth. He created this place called the Garden of Eden, and He created man and woman, Adam and Eve, and He put them in there, and He said, I'm giving all of this to you. It's yours. They did nothing to create it. He created them, and He said, guys, this is all yours. I want you to manage it for me. But there's one part of this. This one place, God said, is mine. It was the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And, and God said, don't eat from that fruit. Because when you do, you will be spiritually dead. It will make you empty and directionless. Trust me. And God said, you can enjoy all these other blessings, but leave that one alone. Well, it wasn't long before Adam and Eve began to lean on their own understanding And Adam and Eve started to think, well, we've got all this other stuff, but man, that one more tree, that one more piece of fruit, and there's no other fruit like this in the garden, and God's given us all this, but we want more. God's given us all these blessings and all this stuff to manage, but we want more stuff. So we're going after it, and they did. They went after that which God said, that's mine, stay away from it. That's mine. Leave it alone. Everything else is yours. But they went after it because they wanted it all. God wants to bless each one of us. And remember, even if you came here today feeling like you're not blessed and feeling like your life's a wreck and feeling like, well, what do I have to be thankful for in my life? All you have to do is close your eyes, take a deep breath. And if you are still alive after that, then you are blessed. God has blessed you. You're alive. Your heart's still beating. You're still able to breathe. You're still here. When you go to lunch today, remember, most of the world can't do that. You are blessed. And God, being the creator and blesser that he is, blessed all of us. We're calling this series Pie because God blesses us with everything we have, with our pie. God's the creator of it. God came up with the recipe and he just said, just like with Adam and Eve, just like when he said, this is yours, take it. But just like with Adam and Eve, he does the same thing for us. He says, you know, part of that, part of that blessing I'm giving you, I want you to honor me with that and to realize, hands off, that part is mine. And when we don't recognize 
that part, God's part, we miss out on so much. You ever think Adam and Eve may have later in life thought, gosh, we had it made. We had so much. We had all of this blessing, all of these things God had given us, but we, we, we wanted that part instead. We, we wanted all of it. We just didn't want that little bit. We, we want all of it. We want both, God. Thank you very much. We'll, we'll have all. Not, not most, but all. We, we want all of it. And I wonder if they ever sat around the fire at night and said, man, why weren't we just content with what we had? Why did we have to go for all? Why did we have to do that? How many blessings do I miss out on? How many blessings do we miss out on? Because we don't manage the blessings God has given us very well. Or or we mess with what God said, leave the, the stuff God said, leave that alone, it's mine. Because we didn't trust God We didn't trust God with the resources He had blessed us with. So what do you think you've missed out on in life because of that? And contentment comes when you say, God, I'm not happy with what you've blessed me with, and I want more. In fact, God, I I want it all. And I want it all so bad, and I want it all so fast. I'm willing to mortgage. I'm willing to do whatever I have to do. I'm willing to pull out the plastic people and family eater, and and I'm willing to charge that thing up as far as it'll go because I want it right now. I don't want to wait because when I get this next thing, when I make the purchase or go through the thrill or take the trip or whatever it is, when I get that, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'll be content when in reality you find yourself in contentment. And God says, trust me for your contentment. Debt, things, anything material, that's not going to bring you contentment. We're all adults, we know that, but still, there's times I live my life like I don't even believe it. I start to think that there's a thing, there's, a, there's an accomplishment that all of a sudden if I get to this level, either tangibly or intangibly, then all of a sudden I'm going to be content. And God says, trust me with that, with all of your heart. Stop trying to figure out your contentment on your own. Trust me. If you want the straight path to contentment, God says, trust me. Many times we often lean on our own understanding and say, I'm going to buy my way to contentment. I'm going to buy my way to happiness. I'm going to charge my way there. And then we end up with a big blessing blocker in our life because we're not able to enjoy the things God has blessed us with because not only have we messed with that, we've messed with the part that God says, that's all mine, leave that alone, and we end up in debt. Here's some quick debt facts about Americans. The average household has $8,400 in credit card debt. 65% of the people only pay the minimum. That, that would take you 25 years to pay off and end up being $24,000. Most people get 50 unsolicited credit card offers per year, and there's 1 billion credit cards out there in the United States. That's an average of 8 per house which means some people will have a lot more than just eight. College students with no job, no income, 
graduate from school with an average of $4,000 on credit card debt. And over the past few years, there were over $500 billion approved for real estate loans people didn't even, didn't even qualify for. When we purchased our last home, I remember coming out of the, the first time you, you know, write all this stuff down and tell them your life history and all that stuff. And, and we come out and, and, and they've got on there, you can, you can get a home that costs this much. And I was reading through that in the car and I was like, did I accidentally put a zero on the end of my salary they didn't see? I mean, they're willing to give you a whole lot more than you can ever pay back. And because of that, because lenders have been willing to give people more money than they, can, they could ever pay back on their salary, over 120,000 homes were foreclosed upon so far this year, all because people thought they could borrow their way to contentment. You can't. You know, God has something big to say about debt. If, if I were to say, hey, out in the lobby, you guys got to hear this. Th- today only, out in the lobby, there's a table. Over top is a sign that says, slaves, sign in here. And, and I would say, look, you, you guys got to get in on this. It's called slavery. You, and, and you're going to love it. You got to get in on it. And there's a table out there. Sign your name. I mean, y'all would go out this door, right? I mean, who, who would go out there and say, I'll, I'll be a slave? That sounds like fun. And yet, here's what God has to say about debt. In Proverbs 22, it says, The borrower is slave to the lender. Now, what's that got to do with spiritual things? You're talking about a pie. You're talking about a piece of pie. You're talking about all these statistics about debt. What's that got to do with anything spiritual? A lot. Jesus talked more about money and possessions than almost any other topic. He talked more about that than he did prayer. And most of the stories Jesus told in the New Testament, Matthew through John, had to do with money and possessions because he knew of our tendency. He knew our tendency would be to trust in something other than God to get our path straight, to trust in something other than God to bring us contentment That was the same tendency of people 2,000 years ago, and it's the same tendency today. So when you read your Bible and it talks about money, it's because God knows what has the capability to pull your heart away from Him. So Jesus talked about it. And and we've talked about debt before at church. I've, I've talked about debt before from this stage about how you can buy better, how you can manage better, how you can keep yourself out of debt and five reasons to do it and four ways to stop doing it. But you know, it all boils down to this. Every point I could make about debt boils down to this. When I look at my resources, my money, my, the things that God has blessed me with, do I see myself as an owner or do I see myself as a manager? Because if I'm ever going to think differently about money, about my stuff, I've got to realize it's not my stuff. It's his. He, he's the baker. He's the one that baked the pie. He's the one that, that came up with the recipe. He's the one that gave it to us just like he gave the Garden of Eden to Adam and Eve. It, it's all his. And we're given that to manage for him. What if today, one day only at LifePoint, we did a reverse offering? Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it? I mean, you'd be here next week for sure, wouldn't you? And tell all your friends and 
we wouldn't have enough seats. If I just said, all right, we're going to start right here with this lady, and we're just going to go around and just reach in and grab some of that. I mean, it's pretty good. So what if? What if I did that? What if we just had a reverse offering? Would you look at your money differently? Would you look at this money if I pulled a $100 bill out of here and, and I began to hand those out to everybody and I said, okay, we're just doing this reverse today, trying something a little new, we're cutting edge on the edge here at LifePoint, and we're just going to do a reverse offering and, and you just take that money and, and do with it what you will. Would you view that money differently? Would you see that money differently than the money that's in your bank account right now? Would you manage it or would you go, that's mine. Let's go, everybody, come on, lunch is on me today. What would you do with that? Maybe it's because you see this as somehow this is God's money, but the money in my bank account is my money. So I'm not going to mismanage God's money. Or, or what if I did this? What if I took these five people and I, I have $100 bills and you're thinking, man, I'm going to raise my hand. What if I gave each of them $100? There you go. How old are you? 13. 13. Boy, this is a risk. There you go. Okay. All right. Now, I've given each of them $100. That, that's not my money. That money actually didn't come out of this bucket, but it came, it came from LifePoint's bank account. That's where that $500 came from. And I just said, take that and you know, manage it for us. Could you guys do that? Would you start to think, well, that's irresponsible. He's taking like money out of the church and he's just handing it out to people on stage. And what's the difference in this money and the money in your bank account? If God owns it all, it's all his, there is no difference. The money in your bank account is no more holy, is no more or no more or less. This money is all God's. It's got his name right on the back. And the money in your bank account does too. But just for fun, over the next seven weeks, you guys can get any time, just raise your hand. You can get, over the next seven weeks, why not, let's ask these five people, and there were five people in the first service, that's right, $1,000. Why don't you guys manage that money for seven weeks, and then on December 23rd, we get to see what happened to the money. Y'all willing to do that? Like they're going to say no when they're standing up here. In front of you. <laughs> they didn't know what I was going to ask them to do. If you want out, now's the time to say, I'm out. I'm out. But you, you could do a lot of different things. You could pull it together. You could find something. You, just, you, if you need a new pair of shoes and you buy it, that's fine. But we're going we're gonna to track it on the website. And, and we're going to say, this, this is Joe, David, Cheryl, Tia, and Ryan. So everybody knows their names and faces. And they're, they're going to manage... They're going to manage that money for the next seven weeks. And we're going to track it. You can get on the website probably by the end of this week, and it'll say something like money or manage or ownership or management, something like that. And you'll be able to track what these people have done or are doing with their $100. There's a lot of good things that could happen. It could be multiplied. It could be used. Whatever they choose to do with it. But the thing you all have to remember, we're going to know. Okay? Now, does that change the way you see that $100, Joe? Is it, do you see that any different? Of course. So what I'm trying to communicate is that the money in our bank accounts is no more or less God's money than that money. 
And if they treat this money like it's theirs, that'll get the family dinner somewhere. If it's theirs. They can just use it for their own and not even think about, well, what could I do to best manage this $100? And that's what we're going to challenge each of these five people to do is to manage this money that the people have brought brought to God. It's all God's. He gives it to us to manage. In fact, listen, listen what he says in Psalm 50, verses 9 through 12. God says, I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens, for every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the creatures of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you, for the whole world is mine and all that is in it. Everything belongs to God. So we're going to use these ten people, five from this service, five from last service, and we're going to see what it looks like to manage God's resources that he gives us. So you guys up for it? Everybody in? All right, I'm trusting you, 13-year-old. All right. I had a teenager up there first service, so got one this service, so I know his parents, so. But you guys manage that money, you can pull it together, you can do stuff individually, that's totally up to you guys what you do with it. I'll be in touch with you this evening, so, and, and help you guys uh, communicate with each other. So thanks, remember their names and faces, they'll be back up here in seven weeks, and we're going to see what they did with managing the money Uh, that God blessed them with. The point is, it's all God's stuff, every every bit of it. And God says, manage this for me. Now, some people, some people have got a huge pie to manage, like a big old honking, you know, like family-sized pie to manage. Some people have like those little bite-sized afternoon snack pies. But whatever God has given you to manage, he says, trust me with it. You shouldn't feel guilty because you have a huge pie to manage, nor should you be ashamed because you've got a little pie to manage. You should be willing to trust God with it. If you begin to see your money, see the money in your bank account as God's money, do you think you would spend it differently? Do you think you would be less or more likely to go into debt if you begin to see this money as God's? That you've been given to manage. Maybe you're, maybe you're here today and you're still, you're still on your path to find out who Christ is and investigate the claims of the Bible and see if all this stuff is true. And, and you might be sitting in there thinking, man, you're freaking me out. You're giving out $100 bills, talking about a reverse offering. The, my bank account's got my name on it. And you're saying all that money's God. And you know, you're like, doo, 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 doo. You know, what is this God talking about? What I'm talking about is trusting in something greater than yourself. Because if you've ever made a mistake, ever, if you've never made a mistake, ever, ever, then go ahead and trust in yourself. That's fine. But if you've ever made a mistake, realize there's something greater than you that can help you find contentment, and it's not through the next purchase. And, and God says to all of us, this is yours. Manage it. Take care of it. Use it. Enjoy it. And he says, you know, I'm asking, just like I told Adam and Eve, there's, there's a part I want you to reserve for me. 
Next week, I'm going to talk about the part that God said, reserve that for me. He, he created all. He owns it all. But he says, reserve part of that for me. In fact, when it comes to that part God asks us to reserve, it's the only place in Scripture God says, test me. If you don't think I'm right about this, test me. If you don't think your life will be more blessed because you trust in me, then give me a test. That's what I'm going to be talking about next week is testing, literally testing God, saying, God, you said it. You said to bring the tithe, bring it back into the storehouse, the local church today, and just see if I don't pour out a huge blessing on you. Just test and watch and see what happens. You might be thinking, my money, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You're telling me to bring 10% of my money? I'm so far in debt. I could, if I got 10% extra, it's going to go to debt. It's not going to go to God. Come next week and find out what the Bible has to say about that. And I'm not going through this to say, man, if I could get everybody to just tithe, wow, that'd be great. If I could get everybody to understand that we need to trust God, trust Him, at, take Him at His word, and trust Him with what He's blessed us with, your life would be different. Our church would be different. You would be more content. You can't buy or charge your way to content, but you can trust your way to contentment. And if you've ever dealt with lack of contentment, you can trust your way there, but you can't buy your way there. Because a lot of people end up saying, well, God, thank you for that blessing. I appreciate that, and that's great. And But, you know, I want it all. I don't, I don't want just this much blessing. I want, I want it all. I, like Adam and Eve are like, you know, thanks God for all this, but we want this too. We want it all. And they probably lived the rest of their lives kicking themselves, saying, how could we have been so blind? How could we have been so blessed and yet given it up? And when God says, test me and bring part of your blessing back to me, look how generous God is still being to people. Look at the generosity, because God by nature is a giver. And look how much gift, look how generous when God says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give to you. You bring part of that back to me. I can conquer condemnment when I start to realize that I am a manager of the resources God has blessed me with, not an owner. Today's big question. I want you to leave with this question. Ask yourself this question on the screen. What am I doing with the resources God has given me to manage for Him? What am I doing with them? Am, am I mismanaging it? Am I, am I adding more debt to it? What, what am I doing with the pie that God gave me? And my challenge to you and to me this week is to live one week acting like a manager. Act like a manager when the temptation comes to say, if I just purchase, do, or get this, then I'll be happy. Act like a manager when the opportunity comes up to make a difference, when the opportunity comes up to be generous. Remember that you're a manager, not an owner. Proverbs 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. 
Acknowledge Him this week with the things He has blessed you with and watch what happens. Watch how you begin to see things differently. Watch how your perspective changes when you begin to acknowledge that you are just a manager and not an owner. When we begin to get that, then the contentment that is in our life begins to disappear. When all of a sudden I see myself as a manager of the blessings God's given me. If you're dealing with a mountain of debt that you just don't know what to do with and you've been a slave to it, beginning January 5th on Saturdays, you can take part in a class called Financial Peace University. We had a lot of people in our church go through that earlier this year and we're going to do it for the first part of 2008. Starting next week, I'll start to give you more information about when and where and how and how you can get registered. But start thinking about that. How you can be a better manager with what God has blessed you with.